Matthew chapter number 28. Just going to read a couple verses. The Bible says in verse number 5, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, and come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We're certainly thankful for the day. We're thankful for the blessings of the day. But we're thankful for the day when what we celebrate today became real to me. Lord, we're thankful you're not in the grave. We're thankful you are the risen Savior. Lord, you not only rose from the dead under your own power, you're the Savior. You came to save fallen man. Lord, I'm glad you'll save any man that'll come to you in repentance and faith. And God, I'm glad that today we celebrate your greatness. Now, Father, help us for the next few minutes. I pray that you'd arrange the atmosphere for the message. Thank you for all the good singing, the good congregational singing, the good choir singing, the Lancaster singing. Thank you for the good report of the two souls that got saved over at the jail and the other ones that got help. Thank you, Lord, for a good Sunday school hour, but thank you for being a good God. Thank you for not giving us what we deserve. Thank you for mercy and grace. Now, Father, bless. There may be one of your children here this morning that's low and needs encouragement. I pray you'd encourage them. Lord, there may be somebody struggling. I pray you'd strengthen them. Father, there may be somebody here that knows you, but they've been far away from you. I pray that, Lord, you draw them close again. But then, Father, I pray if there's anybody in the size of this congregation this morning, Lord, that doesn't know you. Lord, they know about you, but they don't know you. Lord, I pray you'd make yourself real to them. And I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Now, Lord, use this unworthy vessel. Lord, I have nothing to offer these folks on my own account. But, God, you have everything to offer them. You have a better life today and all of eternity. And so, Father, I pray that you'd uh, put a watch guard about my lips, help me not to say anything contrary to the word or will of God. But, Lord, help me to say everything you'd have me to say. Bless now, and, Father, we'll bless you for it, for it's in the holy and wonderful name of the Lord Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. In chapter 26 of the book of Matthew, you find Jesus agonizing in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. In that prayer, he asked the Lord, let this cup pass from me. A lot of scholars were saying he was praying that he wouldn't have to go to the cross. That is not true. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He left heaven to come into this world to go to the cross because uh, he knew that was the only hope for fallen man uh, was his perfect, royal, redeeming red blood to be shed uh, for the propitiation of our sins. Uh, 
he was praying that he wouldn't die in the garden because uh, uh, the sorry no good devil was trying to kill him in the garden uh, because if he'd have died in the garden, your Bible wouldn't have been true. Uh, and he was praying, Brother Ron, for the strength to make it to the cross. Uh, you find that in chapter 26. Uh, in chapter 27, you find him atoning for our pardon. Uh, you find the brutality that they did unto the darling Son of God. Uh, Isaiah said they plucked out his beard. Uh, Isaiah said his visage was marred much more than a man. Uh, after they got done beating him with a cat of nine tails uh, in the hall of praetorium, uh, Brother James, he didn't even resemble a human being. Uh, and after that beating that no mortal man could have taken, uh, he carried his cross down the Via Della Rosa some two miles uh, up Cal Hill. Uh, he was uh, nailed to the cross and suspended between heaven and earth uh, and there he died in an open shame. Uh, he agonized so you and I could be free from our sins. Uh, and then in verse uh, chapter number 28 we find that he arose with promise. Uh, and today's uh, uh, day we celebrate for the blessed hope and the promise uh, that everybody can have, that Jesus lives, uh, and you can live too. Uh, you say, Brother Doug, I'm alive. Uh, if you're not saved, you're dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, you're dead to God, uh, and you're just groping through this life, uh, trying to find some happiness and trying to find some peace. Uh, but true happiness uh, and true peace comes uh, in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the free pardon of sins. Uh, hey, I'm happy today, not because of anything that I have in substance but I'm happy today knowing that my sins are washed away my name's written down in the Lamb's book of life I'm saved forevermore and heaven truly will be my home by the time we get to verse number 5 of chapter number 28 we find some women and we find in verse number 5 they come seeking a body mm. But notice what the Bible says. An angel appeared to him and said, Fear not, Jesus, or fear ye, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Brother Bob, they went because Jesus didn't get a proper burial. He died as the Passover feast was dying. They just took his body down, wrapped it up in some grave throat, clothes, and threw it in that grave. It was a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Never a man had died in there. We find they come seeking to give him a proper burial. They was looking for a body. Mm. Notice that they found a tomb that was barren. Mm. Verse number 6 said, He is not here for his reason that he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. Can I say this morning that a couple years ago some scientists went over there into that tomb and they did some carbon dating uh, and they did some checking about and they came back with this uh, a summary of what they found. They said never a body decayed in that tomb. Well, duh, I could have told you that. Jesus just needed it for three days and three nights. Uh, hey, he went in a bloody, broken body, uh, but he came out a glorious, risen Savior. Uh, it was just a place where he changed his wardrobe. Uh, I say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, and then we find that the women left to reveal the blessing. They went and told his disciples, he's, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Can I say that's what we're still doing today? Just telling folks he's alive. Uh, and oh, what a Savior he is. I'd like to preach for just a few minutes on this thought. I'd like to preach on the accomplishments of Jesus' resurrection. The accomplishments of Jesus' resurrection. What did he accomplish by raising from the dead? 
Hmm? Can I say that his resurrection is a message of life? Hmm? Had he not arose, we'd have no hope of eternal life. He told Martha, the sister of Lazarus, that he was the resurrection and the life. Brother Tommy, he told her that he had the power to lay down his life and take it up again. Uh, can I say that he not only is uh, uh, the resurrection and the life, uh, he is our hope for eternal life. Uh, uh, the message today is not only that he lives, but that you can live. Uh, he came to give us life more abundantly here, uh, but eternal life forevermore. Uh, what a blessing. See, you have to understand that when God formed man out of the dust of the earth, God breathed into man into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. See, our soul will never die. It'll live in one of two places in eternity. It'll live in glory with God if we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. But if we reject him, we, there's only one other place in eternity we can go, and that's the lake of fire where we'll pay for our own sins for all of eternity because we would not allow Jesus to pay for our sins in this world. Listen, there is no second chance after we die. Where we spend eternity depends on what we do with Jesus Christ right now. His resurrection is a message of life. It's a message of liberty. When I was lost, Brother James, I was chained to my sins. I could not quit being a sinner. Hmm? I know in a lot of people that try to stop a lot of things. But in this flesh, you cannot. This flesh is condemned. This flesh is rotten to the core. We were conceived in iniquity, and in sin did our mothers bring us forth. Uh, we came out of the womb, sinners. Uh, we came out of the loom, womb, fallen disgrace from God but Jesus died and was buried and rose again according to the scriptures uh, to break the chains of sin in our life and I've got good news you can be set free from your sins there's a lot of people in here today that look pretty nice but if you'd have saw them a few years ago you wouldn't want to be in the same room with them uh, 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 listen there was a lot of folks in here did a lot of a lot of bad things uh, they were addicted to a lot of things. Uh, sin controlled them. Sin conformed them. Uh, but Jesus came by uh, and delivered them from their sin. Uh, and if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Uh, former things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, hey, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Uh, some days I'm not what I ought to be. Uh, but neighbor, hang around. Wait till you see what I will be one of these days. Uh, because of what Jesus done in my life. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people say they're going to heaven, but... They've never been set free from their sins, Brother Clint. I do all the cussing I want to do. I just don't want to cuss. Because Jesus made a new man out of me. I do all the drinking I want to do. I just never drink. I saw that cardiologist the other day. He said, you know what? If you drink a can of beer and a little wine every day, it might help you. I said, i got something that helps me better than that. Said, I don't drink. When Jesus saved me, I started drinking from a different fountain. Uh, hey, can I say I do all the carousing around I want to do? 
Mm -mm, I don't want to. Amen. Shoot, after the kids got grown and starting to get moving out and all that, Miss Annette and I want to go to bed about 9 o'clock because we're, we're old, you know. We don't, I don't have time to crowds around. huh? But I don't want to crowds around. Huh? I do all the dope I want to do. I just don't want to do it. Say, what's the difference? When Jesus moves inside of you, he changes your want to's. Huh? Huh? Yeah. You know, I used to love to sing the Eagles, but you know, now I love singing about Jesus. Uh, I'm just saying that it's a message of liberty. It's a message of life, but it's also a, le a, a message of legitimacy. Uh, when Jesus got up out of the grave, he proved he was Almighty God. Hmm? Huh? Uh, the Pharisees kept trying to uh, get him to say he was God and then they crucified him because he said him and his father were one but when he got out of the grave he proved it mm. uh, he's legitimate so what were the accomplishments of his resurrection can, can I say Hebrews 1.3 says who being in the brightness of his glory and in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high A.W. Tozer that great man of God wrote this the man who died on the cross died in weakness the Bible's plain in telling us this hmm? he made himself of no reputation friend uh, he didn't defend himself. He came as a sheep, as the shears are dumb before the slaughter. But Tozer went on to say this, but he arose in power. If we forget or deny the truth and glory of his resurrection and the fact that he is seated at the right hand of God, we lose all the significance of the meaning of Christianity. Can I say, the first accomplishment of his resurrection is the defeat of death. Hmm? Can I say from the moment you take your first breath, death is on your trail. If we went to any graveyard in this county today, you walk around, you'll see infants buried there, you'll see children buried there, you'll see young people there, you'll see young adults buried there, you'll see middle-aged people, you see old people, you see everybody from every class buried in that cemetery. Death is no respecter of persons. Hmm? Can I say that's what we all deserve is death. But Jesus defeated death. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, So when this corruptible, this fleshly, shall put on incorruption, neighbor, what do you see my new body, huh? And this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought, brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Uh, uh, the psalmist says that death is the king of terrors. Uh, nobody wants to death. Can I say, nobody wants to die. Can I say, I didn't sign up today to die. Hmm? Nobody looks forward to death. Hmm? Nobody wants to die certain deaths. Hmm? But can I say for a child of God, death has no sting. It has been defeated. Huh? The Bible says that we as children of God... Uh, 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 to die uh, is to gain. Uh, 
To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, uh, we find that Stephen, when he was stoned, the Bible said he fell asleep. Uh, uh, can I say that dying for a Christian, uh, there is no more terror, there is no more pain, there is no more sting. Uh, we just go to sleep and wake up in glory. Uh, why? Because Jesus defeated our death. Mm, uh. Listen, I don't want to die today, but I'm not fearful of death. I've faced some things where I could have died, but the Lord wasn't finished with me yet. But I'm not fearful of death. I go into the hospital for surgeries, and they look at me, and they think I'm a, I'm a freak. They say, well, your, your blood pressure is fine, and your heart rate's low, you know. Aren't you upset? No. Because I have somebody with me that's going in that operating room with me. huh? He's defeated death. Another accomplishment of his resurrection is the doom of the devil. I say glory to God. Hmm? It was the devil that deceived Adam and Eve in the garden and caused them to sin. Uh, it was the devil uh, 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 that tempted them. It's the devil that tempts every man. Uh, it's the devil that tries to blind our minds lest the glorious light of the gospel shall shine unto us. Uh, it's the devil in a few minutes when we have an invitation invite you to come to God. Uh, it'll be the devil that tells you to wait. It'll be the devil that tells you you're okay. It'll be the devil to tell you this preacher's crazy. I am crazy. Uh, but how Hey, I'm telling you the truth today. Can I say? The devil was doomed when Jesus got out of that tomb. Revelation 1.18, Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Uh, do you realize the devil don't even have the keys to his own hell, uh, his own home? Uh, do you realize that when Jesus, uh, uh, that first resurrection morning, he made a trip to hell, uh, and he walked in and he told the devil to give him the keys, uh, and the devil bowed before him and handed him the keys to the hell and the keys to death, uh, and when Jesus Jesus rose. He rose in victory over uh, death, hell, and the grave, and it was the doom of the devil. Uh, I love Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10. The Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, uh, where the beast and false prophet are, uh, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Uh, I say, Blessed be the name of the Lord uh, uh, for every lie the devil ever told. Uh, for every sin he ever tempted somebody to do, uh, for every murder he ever caused, for every rape he ever caused, uh, for every transgendered person he ever caused, uh, uh, for every sin, every vile, every wicked thing, uh, uh, the devil's going to get his due. Uh, he's going to the lake of fire, uh, and he'll pay for it all uh, forever and ever and ever. Uh, and right before he goes, uh, he'll bow before the Lamb of God, uh, and he'll proclaim the Lamb of God is Lord of Lords uh, and King of Kings. Uh, I say when Jesus got up out of the grave uh, it was the doom of the devil. Uh, you see the devil thought he killed him on the, on the cross. The devil thought I'm going to finally ascend to the throne of God and take over. But when Jesus took the keys and rose, the devil knew his fate was sealed. Is one of the accomplishments of the resurrection. That may not excite you, it excites me. I'm tired of dealing with that dirty booger. I'm tired for the torments and having a bullseye on my back and him trying to 
get me off the path that's called straight. Uh, I'm tired of seeing what he does to families and homes. Tired of seeing what he's done to our country in the last couple of years. I'm tired of it all. He's going to get his due. I say, can I say when Jesus got up out of the grave, one of the accomplishments was the demise of sin. First mm. uh, Corinthians 15, 56 says, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the law condemned us. The law brought us to the knowledge of sin. Can I say that's all religion will do is condemn you. Hmm? That's why religion doesn't work. That's why there's a lot of people go to religious institutions for a while, never get anything out of it. Their life never changes, never gets any better. And all they do is go through rituals and go through the rigmarole for the hope that they're working their way to heaven. I've got bad news for you. You can't work your way to heaven. If that would have been possible, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross. Hmm? And can I say, your works do not merit God's favor. The only thing that merits God's favor is what Jesus did for us. Religion, all it can do is bring damnation. Hmm? That's all the law could do. But Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He's the only one who could keep it. Hmm? Uh, he fulfilled it, and then... He broke the bondage of sin for you and I. huh? 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And here it is. And the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Our works won't cleanse us from sin. Being baptized won't cleanse us from sin. Being a church member won't cleanse us from sin. Giving money to the church won't cleanse us from sin. Telling others about Jesus won't cleanse us from sin. Trying to live a good life and be a good neighbor and be a good employee won't cleanse us from sin. Those are all great things in their place. The only thing that will cleanse us from our sin is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Every Old Testament sacrifice was a picture that one day the Lamb of God would come. He'd shed His blood to take away our sin. The Bible says in Revelation 1.5, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Can I say, Jesus Christ raising from the dead was the demise of sin. Sin can be forgiven. I bless the Lord. You can get a pardon from your sin. I saw yesterday where the governor of Texas is going to pardon a man that was sentenced to life in prison because he defended himself against the Black Lives Matter crowd and he killed one of them. The governor said he did that in self-defense. They brought the fight to him, and he doesn't need to pay for it. And the governor of Texas is pardoning that man from his sentence. Can I say the sentence of sin? We, we were going to serve a life sentence in this life and the life to come. And there was no governor on earth that could pardon us. But there was one seated at the right hand of the throne of God who was willing to come and pay our sin debt and sign our pardon. And we don't have to pay our sentence because he paid it for us. Can I say, when Jesus got up out of the grave, he dumbfounded the Jews. I don't have time to read it. Read on your own verses 11 through 15 of Matthew 28. The Jews were all upset and they paid off people to lie and say that his disciples came and stole away his body. 
because they were dumbfounded. They even knew, he said, before they crucified him, he'd rise again. That's why they sealed the tomb. They was afraid he was going to get up. They put two guards by him. All it took was uh, the Lord uh, saying, it's time to get up. And the stone rolls away. Two angels showed up. And those guys fell as dead men. Uh, they went back and said, he ain't there. And you're not going to believe what happened. And it dumbfounded the Jews. Can I, say, can I say there are people who are still dumbfounded today? They don't understand it. Can I help you with something? It does not make sense. You know, I know you don't believe this, but I'm an educated man. And in all of my education, Brother Ed, it does not make sense to think that, a, that God sent his own son through a virgin birth into this world some 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect sinless life. We can't even live a perfect sinless hour. Our minds, they run rapid, think all kinds of crazy things. He lived a perfect life. Then he died on a cross. Then he was buried and he got up again. And if I put my faith in him, my sins be washed away, and I'll have eternal life with him in heaven. That makes zero sense. Hmm? Logically, Brother Pete, we can't figure that out at all. Makes no sense. But Miss Sendiff will believe that from her heart. It becomes reality. And I can't, I can't put it in words and cause it to make sense to you. But all I can tell you is it's real. And all I can tell you, he's alive. You say, how do you know that? Well, I've talked to him done this morning. And he lives within me. Because some 49 years ago, when I put my faith in him, the Holy Spirit of God did something supernatural. He cut away the stony part of my heart. And he took up his residence in my life. And he sealed me until the day of redemption. Uh, he walks with me and talks with me. He tells me when I'm okay and he tells me when I'm not okay. He's a wonderful comforter. He gives me peace that passes all understanding. Uh, he gives me hope. He gives me joy. Uh, he does something on the inside of me. Sometimes somebody gets to sing it or somebody gets to preach it and there's something happening on the inside. Uh, I can't tell you all about it. All I can tell you is it's real and I bless his name. And it dumbfounds people. But the Bible said that God chose the base things to confound the wise. Hmm? Uh, and all I can say is hallelujah. That one day be, be, beside and beyond my intellect, God let me know I couldn't save myself. And when I put my faith in him, he saved me, changed me. Huh? He's blessed my life. I have no complaints. God's been good to me. Uh, it's not always been roses, but he's always been the rose of Sharon. Huh? Uh, bless his name. Huh? Can I say, not only did he dumbfound the Jews, his resurrection was for the delight of the disciples. The Bible says in John 20, 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Can I say I'm glad when he shows up around here? Amen. Uh, can I say the Bible said he appeared unto some 500 witnesses proving that he rose from the dead. Hmm? John said that if they wrote all the deeds that he'd done, even the world couldn't contain the books of what Jesus Christ done. There's more proof that he lived than they can come up with proof that he didn't. 
It's kind of like the Democrats trying to prove that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. When there's only 139 million people in, in, the, in the register in the United States and Trump got 77 million and there's no way in the world that joker got 81 million. Huh? Even if he voted for himself 81 million times, he wouldn't have got 81 million votes because he, he ain't got the sense to even know what his name is. Huh? That didn't cost you anything extra. Huh? But can I say, the disciples were glad. Huh? Throughout the Bible, nobody ever came to Jesus and left the same way. Most of them, he changed their life for eternity. Now you have some, like the rich young ruler, went away sad. He came boasting in himself, he went away sad. Because hmm? he wasn't willing to accept what it was going to take to have eternal life. But nobody ever stayed the same. And can I say, I'm glad he changed my life. Uh, you say, why is these people so happy? It's Sunday morning, they had to get up. Why are they so happy? Because they know Jesus. Jesus has changed their life. They realize what their life would have been without Jesus. Hmm? Well, just change. I could go around and start calling people out and tell you what religion they was called in, what sin they were caught in. What, but you know what? That's all gone. Because when Jesus washes your sin, he washes them all away. They're gone. Let me say this last. I'll be done. The greatest accomplishment, Jesus resurrected is the deliverance for sinners. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, I alluded to it a minute ago. Paul said this, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul said, what I'm preaching, I, I, I know something about it, because that's what happened to me. And by the way, the Apostle Paul was Saul of Tarsus, one of the most religious men in the Bible. He hated Christians. He had them murdered. He was, he was on his way to go and arrest some and have some more murdered. And the Lord appeared to him, changed his life. He went on to say how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul went on to write in Romans 5, verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Many times at funerals, people want to know why their loved ones had to die. It's because... Sin. You say, are you saying my loved ones are sinners? We're all sinners. But because Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world, and then death by sin. Death is a byproduct of sin. And Jesus died, was buried, and rose again to, to break and doom death and sin that you and I could be delivered. Went on to say in verse number 19, For as by one man's disobedience were many made sinners... So by the obedience of one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, hallelujah, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8, a great verse, but God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't die for the good, he died for sinners. And God loved us when we were sinners. He's loved us with an everlasting love. There's never been a time when God didn't love you. For God is love. And God loves you so much, He sent His Son to die for your sin. For God so loved the world. That means on purpose. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory, the glory of God. We're all guilty of sin. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. But it doesn't stop there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Ephesians 2.8.9, For by grace are you saved through faith. Grace means the unmerited favor of God. You don't deserve it, but God gives it to us anyway. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. Amen. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If we could earn our way to heaven, we would get there and boast that we didn't need Jesus. Hmm? But all of our good deeds for a million lifetimes can't buy one golden brick in the streets of glory. It took the precious blood of Christ. Romans 10.8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, here's the key, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Brother Bob, a lot of people have head knowledge. You carry that little tape measure with you from your head to your heart. It's about 18 inches. Hmm? You can know that Jesus was Lord. You can know that he was born of a virgin. You can know that he lived a sinless life. You can know that he died on the cross. You can know that he was buried and that he rose again and died and go to hell. It's not enough to know that he's Lord. You have to believe on him. You have to put your faith and your trust. In other words, you have to throw yourselves on his mercy. You have to understand you're a sinner. That's all it takes to be saved. You've got to know you're a sinner. And know that you can't save yourself. But come and believe on the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, I know that you can save me. And if you ask him to save you, he will. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved means rescued. You can be rescued from your sins. Now, friend, I'm glad you're here today. We're honored you're here. But how terrible would it be to get up, get ready, come to church, and get this close and die without Jesus? Judas kissed the cheek of Jesus, then he died and went to hell. He got that close to salvation, and he died and went to hell. Friend, you've got so close. Why don't you go all the way? Why don't you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, He loves you. He loves you more than you know what love is. He loved you so much He died for your sin. He loved you so much that He put somebody in your life or He put something in your life that told you you needed to be here today. He loved you so much that he let a crazy preacher wearing a pink sport coat tell you that Jesus loves you. And he wants you to be saved. It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Friend, he loves you so much that in a moment we're going to have an invitation. We're going to invite you to come. I know what the devil say. Look at all these people. What will they think? I'm more interested in what Jesus thinks than what people think. If I, if I base my life on what people think, I'd be in a mess. I'd be, I'd be one of these victims running around the world today too. 
But let me help you with something. The people in here that know the Lord, they once stood where you stand. Brother Clint sang that in that song. They once too felt intimidated. They once too felt fearful. They once too were concerned. What will people think? But happy day, Brother Bob, when we came to the point that we knew we needed to be saved and didn't care what people think. But let me tell you what this crowd will think. This crowd, this crowd's for you, not against you. If you'll come and give the Lord your heart, this crowd, you'll find out some of the best friends that you'll ever have in this building. You'll find out that when other people are walking out on you, this crowd will be here for you. You'll find that this crowd, you'll find a family and love that you never knew existed. Because the same Lord that wants to save you lives inside of them. And they're for you, not against you. But friend, this isn't about them, it's about you. And it's about the Lord. And in a moment, during the invitation, you're going to have an argument going on in your head. Your argument's not with me, and it's not with these people. Your argument's with the Lord. The Spirit of God's going to tell you, you need to be saved. And then your own flesh and the sorry, no good devil's going to say, just wait, just put it off. Don't. And your argument's going to be, do I want to be saved? Or do I want to stay in my sin and take my chances? Friend, don't take any chances. The Bible says we don't know what a day brings forth. The Bible says today is the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. Today's the day of salvation. Don't turn him away. Today, he bids you come. Today, he wants to save you. Today could be the greatest day of your life if you give Jesus your heart and life. Don't hide behind religion. Don't hide behind works. Don't hide behind... Just realize you need Him. And if you'll come and ask Him to save you, according to the Word of God, He'll save you. So how do you know that? Because He saved me. If He saved me, He can save anybody. And He wants to save you. The real question is, will you be saved? Let's all stand. I want the Lancasters to come back and give us a song of invitation. As they're getting a song ready, some are already coming. Maybe you want to come and thank the Lord that He did save you. Maybe you're concerned about somebody. You want to come pray for them. Maybe he spoke to you about something totally different. You mind the Lord today, and you'll leave out of here blessed. Well, they're getting a song ready, and folks are already coming and praying. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we bless you. Thank you for the day you saved me. Thank you for those that are here that are saved. Thank you, Lord, for your church. Lord, Everybody in this building may be saved. I don't know. I can't see anybody's heart. But I can't help but believe there may be some or there may be one or somebody you're dealing with about salvation. And God, I pray today will be the day they come to the end of themselves and they realize they need to be saved. And Lord, I pray that they take that first step. Lord, I know if they take that first one, you'll help them take the rest. And they'd find you precious to their soul. And they'd find that everything I preached is true. That God, you'll save them. You'll cleanse them from their sin. You'll give them eternal life. And you'll change their life. Lord, I pray. Lord, you just speak to hearts. I pray for those that are saved. Lord, you just encourage them. Lord, I know the devil jumps on their back. I pray you'd help them. 
Lord, these are in the altar. Whatever they're here for, bless them, help them. And God will not fail to give you the praise for what you do. Bless this invitation now. Speak to hearts in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, head on over to ibcforums.com and click on sermons. And don't forget to check out our other links in the notes section of today's broadcast. As always, thanks for listening.